You're listening to GlendaleCC.org and to the Glendale Christian KY podcast on iTunes. This week, as we celebrate Independence Day, student minister Chris Crow brings us a sermon on our freedom in Christ. Thank you for joining us, and we hope that this message encourages you in your walk to love and follow Jesus. Have a wonderful week. Good morning. Uh, fun fact for the day, we are officially halfway done with the year 2017. Halfway done. That's crazy. Does anybody else feel like the first half of the year goes by way faster than the second half of the year? I always feel like, you know, it's New Year's Eve, and then all of a sudden it's the 4th of July, and then Christmas is like years away. Um, so we're, we're halfway done, but we can't get through 2017 without um, going through one of my favorite holidays, um, and that is 4th of July. Uh, it is 4th of July weekend. Tuesday is, of course, the 4th, and a lot of things come to mind for me um, around 4th of July. Um, I'm always reminded of the holiday activities in the Crow household, um, which most of uh, them were unsafe, so this is a disclaimer. Um, we, we weren't the safest bunch. Um, this was one of my favorite holidays as a kid because this was the time when my father and I would spend the most time together. Um, he was a very busy man. He worked really hard. Um, and 4th of July was always, it was almost like it was our holiday. Uh, my family, my immediate family is uh, my parents, my older sister Carol, and myself. And uh, my mom and my sister, they were interested in watching fireworks. They thought they were pretty. Uh, but my dad and I, we were interested in kind of the power that comes with fireworks, the, um, the explosions, the control. Just having that kind of power um, was always fascinating um, to me. And... And we would go, I remember my dad and I, I would jump into his pickup truck and we would go to different fireworks stands. And this was really one of the few times each year where my dad and I would go somewhere, just the two of us. Because normally when we went somewhere, it was with the whole family. Um, but my parents weren't interested, or my mom and my sister weren't interested in this. So my dad and I would jump in the old pickup truck and we'd go to all the different fireworks stands uh, around the county. And my dad would go and he would look at the big stuff, um, the expensive stuff, the displays. He would try to find the stuff that you could shoot up over the trees um, above the highway that we live next to to distract all the drivers that were going by. And I would go to the little tables um, where they had the, the small items, you know, buy one, get eight free kind of things. Um, it was the cheap stuff, but I was looking for things that could make my action figure battles more exciting. Um, I would have my, my Hot Wheels cars and my army men and my action figures, and I would use these as part of the ultimate war between all of my toys. And so I would go look for the small stuff, and I'd get what I want. We'd um, pack it all up in the bag, and we'd take it home, and we would put it in a safe place. And I remember being so excited because we had fireworks. I knew what we had, but being so disappointed because I had to wait for the 4th of July. Like, I knew they were in the house, but I had to wait. But when that day arrived, um, it was always so exciting. My mom would um, fire up the grill, and she'd make hamburgers and hot dogs and all the desserts you can think of, even though there's just four of us. We'd have way more than we needed. Um, uh, we'd, we'd spend all day outside doing yard work and, and, you know, playing basketball, things like that. And then um, before it got dark, we would shoot off some of the fireworks that you don't need it to be dark for. Uh, my dad and I would have our annual bottle rocket war. Not safe. I don't recommend it. Uh, <laughs> but we, we would have fun doing that. And then when it got dark, we would go outside. Uh, my mom and my sister would sit in their lawn chair, and my dad and I would go, and we would shoot off the fireworks and, and just have such a great time. There's something about summer and family and good food and explosions that just get me really excited for this time of year. <laughs> 
So I love the 4th of July. Uh, I love everything that comes with the 4th of July. Um, we all have different things that come to mind, different things that we celebrate um, on, on the 4th, but one word um, that, that you hear the most around this time of year uh, is the word freedom. The, the word freedom. And this is, of course, because it is the day that we celebrate the freedom that we have as Americans. Um, originally, it was celebrated um, as the day that America declared its independence um, from the British, and now we celebrate it as a day um, to remember all of the freedoms that we have as Americans. Um, it is based around the idea uh, of freedom. And this morning, I want to take some time to um, look at this word freedom, to look at um, a different version of freedom. Um, and this freedom that we're going to look at um, far outweighs, far surpasses any freedom that we enjoy as Americans. So we're going we're gonna to study this concept of freedom, but before we get there, would you guys please pray with me? Father God, we thank you so much for this morning. Uh, we thank you for, um, for this week and, and what it represents for, for us as Americans, uh, for the freedom you give us, Lord. I pray that um, as we dive into your word today and study this concept of freedom, that you would open our hearts, open our minds to, to what you have for us, that you would use me as a vessel um, for your words. Um, take me out of the way, Lord, so that we can be um, built up in love. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, so Jesus Christ was the perfect, sinless man who um, gave up being in heaven to come down to earth, um, died a, a gruesome death on the cross um, so that we could have eternal life. And, and because of this great sacrifice, um, because of the most significant event in human history, we as Christians have been given so much freedom. Uh, we have been given a beautiful um, and great freedom. How many of you have ever seen the movie Spider-Man or know anything about the, the Spider-Man movies, specifically the ones with Tobey Maguire, which um, personally I don't think are the, the greatest of the Spider-Man movies, but to each their own? Um, that movie, there's a quote in that movie that, that I really like. Um, Peter Parker, who is Spider-Man, I'm sorry if I just ruined his identity for anybody, but Peter Parker's uncle um, comes up to him and he says, um, with great power comes great responsibility. So some of you have definitely seen this movie. Um, with great power comes great responsibility. Well, I'm going to steal this quote. Um, what I want to focus on today are some of the ways that we've been given these, this freedom through Christ um, and how we must be careful because with great freedom comes great responsibility. With great freedom comes great responsibility. Now, we're going to spend most of this morning in the book of Galatians. If you guys have your Bibles and you want to turn there, we'll be going kind of back and forth between that and Romans a lot um, this morning. Now, the book of Galatians is kind of our Christian declaration of independence. When you read through it, there's a lot in it about the freedoms that we enjoy as Christians, the freedoms that we have as Christians because of Jesus. So much like our founding fathers declared our independence um, in, on July 4th, 1779, See, I can listen in history class too. Um, Jesus Christ declared our independence um, on the cross when he um, defeated death, when he rose from the grave and, and defeated death. So the first freedom, we're going to look at four different freedoms today that I think we uh, enjoy as Christians. I mean, the first of that is the freedom from the law of Moses. As Christians, because of Jesus' death and death, burial, and resurrection, we have a freedom from the law of Moses. Galatians 2.16 says this, um, yet we know that a person is not justified by, uh, by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ, so that we also have believed in Jesus Christ, in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, 
because by works of the law, no one will be justified. By works of the law, no one will be justified. You see, before Jesus, there were a lot of commands, a lot of things that were commanded of the nation of Israel to, that they must do in order to be in right standings with God. They were separated from God, and so they had to do all of these things in order to be in right standings with him. The first five books of the Bible are filled with what we call the Mosaic Law, and these were commands given to the nation of Israel about how to worship God. It's the Old Covenant. Now, we're told that the sacrifice of Jesus Christ gives us a freedom from these laws. It frees us from these uh, uh, commands. We no longer must sacrifice animals or eat certain foods at certain times in order to be justified. We no longer have to do those things in order to be um, justified. And there's such freedom in that that comes from Christ. Romans 7, uh, 4 through 6 says, Likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ so that you may belong to one another to him who has been raised from the dead in order that we may bear fruit for God. For while we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions aroused by the law were uh, at work in our, our members to bear fruits for death. But now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so that we may serve in a new way of the spirit and not in the old way of the written code. You see, because of Christ's sacrifice on the cross, we no longer serve because it is a written law. We no longer serve because it was commanded. We serve because of the Spirit of God in us. We serve because of his love, and we serve because he served us on the cross. Now, does that mean that we should ignore the law entirely? No. Absolutely not. The law is good. The law was good. Uh, Romans Uh, 15.4 says, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through um, endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. The law is, is and was good. It was for our instruction. It was for our building up. The problem comes when we do, when we start to do as the Pharisees did and continue to use the law as a system of justification. When we start to look at the commands as what saves us and not Jesus as what saves us. We have freedom in the fact that we are no longer bound to the law as a means of salvation. That's such a great freedom. The second freedom that I want to look at is is similar to that one. The second one is a freedom from the traditions of man. A freedom from the traditions of man. Galatians 4, 9 through 11 says this, but now that you have come to know God or rather to be known by God, How can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world? Whose slaves you want to be once more? You observe days and months and seasons and years. I'm afraid that I have labored over you in vain. You see, the ideas and commands of man, the things that we can come up with on our own, are nothing in comparison to the commands and the love of God. And what happens far too often is we start to look at these traditions, these things that we have come up with as, as a necessity instead of as a personal preference. And we start to assume that if, if like as a, a church as a whole, not our church, but the church as a whole, we start to assume that if, if people aren't lining up and looking exactly like we are and doing the exact same things that we are, then we're doing it wrong or they're doing it wrong. 
And these are traditions that have been made by man. Now, traditions can be a good thing. They can be a great thing um, on an individual level. Romans 14, 5 and 6 says, uh, it speaks to this. It says, one person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God. While, those who, while the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and give th- gives thanks to God. Traditions can be a great thing. Things that we do to honor God can be great. The problem arises when we take our traditions that aren't necessarily rooted in Scripture and we try to apply them as doctrine on a congregational level to the whole, to everybody. And we say, if you're not doing things exactly like this, then you're wrong. Mark 7, nine, or 7 through 9 says, In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrine the commandments of man. You leave the commandment of God and hold to the traditions of man. And he said to them, You have a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in order to establish your tradition. As Christians, we have freedom in that we don't all look the same. And we don't all have to look the same. I think Christianity, I think life would be um, miserable if we all had to be the exact same person. If we are following Scripture, if we are aligned with God and doing the things that are commanded um, by God, it's okay that we're different. In fact, I think that's what makes the body of Christ so unique, is that we can worship God, um, we can follow the commands of God, but we're not all going to look exactly the same. And I think there's such freedom in knowing that, that there's not this set way that if you don't line up with that, um, then, then salvation isn't there. I love the way this idea is stated in the Restoration Movement. Our church is um, founded in the Restoration Movement, and, and this is a, one of the common statements of, of that movement. It says, in matters of faith, unity. When it comes to things that we believe, what we believe, our doctrine, we need to be on a united front as Christians. In matters of opinion, liberty. It's okay that we're not all the same. It's okay that we have different opinions. There is a liberty in that, but ultimately in all things, love. It matters uh, of faith, unity, in matters of opinion, liberty, and in all things, love. It's one of my one of my favorite statements. The third freedom we have um, is a freedom from the work of the flesh, the works of the flesh. Now, there's a battle going on in this world. It's not a battle between my action figures and my Hot Wheels cars. Um, this is a, a, a spiritual battle that's going on around us every day, and it's this battle between the spirit and the flesh, the spirit being those things of God and the flesh being the evil things of the world. And we see this battle play out in Galatians 5, starting in verse 16. And I love this passage because it gives us a really clear picture of what both sides of this battle look like. It says, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For, they, for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. You see, the, the, these two sides of the battle, they're directly opposed to each other. When you have a battle, it's usually two people who are fighting for, for something. And just like this, we have two things that are opposed from each other. And then it gives us this picture of both sides of this battle. And it says, the works of the flesh 
are evident. And I love that statement because it leaves no room. Um, it, le- it leaves no room for confusion. And, I, and oftentimes we see people, we see people in the world, we see Christians, we see churches um, ignore this statement and fall into these things and say, it's okay, like these things aren't that bad, it's not that big of a deal, but in this passage, it's, in this passage it says, the works of the flesh are evident, it's obvious. Uh, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things, that, things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. It says these things are evident. These things are obvious on the side of the flesh. And then in verse 22, we get the picture of the other side of the battle, the spirit. It says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. And if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Um, We see this battle between the flesh and the Spirit. And the freedom that we have as Christians in this whole situation is that we know the outcome of this battle. We know that the Spirit wins. In the end, the Spirit is going to win this battle. And the reason that this is a freedom is because if you know which side of the battle is going to win, you might want to align yourself with that side. The, the battle between the spirit and the flesh, as Christians, we, we know the outcome. And this is one of the greatest freedoms that we have. If we walk by the spirit, if we are bearing the fruit of the spirit, if we are showing love, joy, peace, patience, if we are staying away from the works of uh, of the flesh, uh, the, the, the ways of this world, they have no power over us. Christ has already defeated those things. Now, with great freedom comes great responsibility. Our responsibility here is to not use this freedom as an excuse to keep on sinning. Because if you know how the battle ends, it can be easy to say, well, I'm just going to keep on doing what I'm doing, and then when, when I deem it necessary, I'll line myself up with the Spirit. I'll join the winning side of the battle. Galatians 5.13 says, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. We have been freed from the works of the flesh, but we can't use this liberty as an occasion to give into the flesh. We have freedom in that we know how the battle ends. Align yourself with the Spirit. Now, the fourth and the last freedom that I want to look at today, um, if this is the most important freedom that we have as Christians, this is a freedom from the bondage of sin. A freedom from the bondage of sin. Galatians 2.17 says, But if, in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. Because of the resurrection of Christ, sin no longer has a hold of us. There is nothing we can do, and there will never be anything we can do in our own power to cover the sin in our lives. But the freedom we enjoy as Christians is that Jesus paid that cost for us. We're no longer separated from God, from the love of God, because of our sin. 
Jesus defeated sin. Jesus defeated death. And, and so we don't, have to, we don't have to keep fighting that, that, um, that fear. Because the, the struggle that we fall into is this mindset that um, we have to do it all on our own. And the freedom we have as Christians is that we don't. We have a powerful God. We have a powerful Father who has fought the fight, who has won the war, and, and he offers um, that gift of salvation to us. Romans 8, 1 and 2 says, There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus um, from the law of sin and death. Jesus has defeated sin so that we no longer have to fear death. And that's a huge relief. That's, that should be a huge burden off of your shoulders because if you are living your life still thinking that every misstep, every failure um, is the end, there's no freedom in that. There's constant fear. But Christ has taken that. He has released us from that bondage of sin so that we know that if we believe and we follow Jesus, there is nothing to fear. Now, fear will still be there. The most seasoned Christians I know still fear the unknown. But the more we strive to be more and more like Jesus, the more we grow, um, the, the more we grow in our relationship with God, and the more we realize that ultimately what lies beyond this earth is far better than any of the freedoms, anything that we can have here. And that is the ultimate freedom as Christians is knowing that Jesus Christ has defeated death, he's defeated sin, and because of that, we can have life eternal with God in heaven. Now, the responsibility that we have with this freedom is only to accept the gift. To accept the gift. Christ offers, but we must accept. I think, and I, this is something that I harp on with the students and with the children all the time. They probably get tired of hearing me saying this, but I think it's important for us as Christians to continue to recognize um, this truth um, I think we spend um, too much time um, trying to earn salvation. And the fact is, there is nothing that we can do to earn salvation. We don't do good works. We don't follow the commands. We don't do good deeds so that we can be saved. Christ offers salvation. We accept, and the things that we do are in response to that reality. Christ has given us the ultimate gift, so the things that we do are us saying, yes, I want to live this life. I want to live in that freedom, so I'm going to do these things. And I think we spend too much time trying to earn salvation when Christ has already offered it. We must accept the gift, and everything we do for Christ is in response to that. And that is freedom. I want to read, one, as, as I close here, I'm going to read um, one more passage out of Galatians. This is Galatians 5, um, verse 1, and it says this, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free, so stand firm. Christ paid the, paid the price. He offers the gift. We must accept and we must stand firm in the freedom that he has given us. And not fall back into the yoke of slavery. When you have been a slave and you are free, the last thing you want to do is go back into the hands of those that have held you captive. And here we see stand firm. Hold on to that freedom. Line yourself up with the Spirit.
show love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You will be on the winning side of the battle, and you will have ultimate freedom. Now, as we, as we close, we're going to do one more song. And, and some people in this room might be at this point where they're still striving to earn salvation. They're, they're still in constant fear of, of death. Because, because to, to, to some of us, it's, we earn it or, or we're in big trouble. But, but Christ has already offered that. So maybe this is the day where you need to um, find somebody. You need to make that decision to accept that gift and to start a life living in the freedom of knowing that Christ has already paid the price. So if that's you, uh, I would encourage you um, to make that step today, to start to live a life of freedom. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for the freedoms that you offer us as Christians. I pray that you help us to uh, understand what that means to us, to, to hold on to those, to stand firm in those truths. Lord, to accept the gift that you offer to start a life lived in freedom. Lord, I pray that everything we do will be to glorify you um, and to build each other up in love. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, you guys can go ahead and have a seat real quick. We have uh, one more announcement before we leave. Uh, one announcement got left out of the slides. I know after Sunday, usually um, there's a lot of uh, children running around, and I know that we've all missed seeing the, the Gaines girls running around, but Emily and I have decided that um, we need to uh, work on that. So we've got one more picture from the loop up here. Emily and I are expecting um, our first child in January. And we're so excited. Um, we're so excited to grow the church um, and to add another member um, to our congregation. I hope that you guys will pray for us as we um, start this journey. Um, I'm, it was great to see you guys um, as you leave from here. Go loving and following Christ um, to the best of your ability, and if you do so, you will be blessed. Thank you.